0: The following is a Joel Mahalik production.
1: Live from the Network Operations
0: Center of Qyb Radio Network, welcome to Tech Talk, the show where we turn geeks speak into everyday language. Have a question? Call us. Our number is 443-836-0171. Now, without further translation, here is your host of Tech Talk, Chief Linguist, Joel Mahalik. Good Wednesday evening to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Tech Talk Live. I am Joel Mahalik on the eve of Thanksgiving. Actually, should I say, because we're a global show, Thanksgiving Eve here in America. And welcome. Uh, Ron is um, unfounded this evening. Uh, so I will probably be joined later on by my producer, Mr. Tony Richards. Uh, phone number to call in if you'd like, 443 3 1 1, 4 4 3 3 1 1. Also, find us at Facebook.com, look up Tech Talk Live. You can stop by our website at QYBRadioNetwork.com and check out the website there for all kinds of information and live shows and podcast shows and also the shop box where you can deliver a message to us that way as well. So the various ways that you can get a hold of us, it is Tech Talk Live and that's what we do here. We're live and we talk tech. So pretty neat title when you think about it because the title explains everything that we have going on here. Uh, later on, we do want to talk about what I, I want to talk about, cloud computing, kind of talking about what cloud computing is. And some people will be surprised when they find out that they're, they're they're doing some form of cloud computing already. So that'll be the later on in the show discussion because we typically start out talking about all the bad stuff going on out there. And this week would be no different from any other and why would it be? Uh, of course we start off the program. With the uh, scam alert from the desktop of Mr. Ron, or Mr. Ron's desktop, as we call it, um, and so he's not here, but he's here in spirit because he still delivers uh, his portion of the program. So this one is—it's um, called the virus that holds your smartphone for ransom. Now, of course, we talked about ransomware before. It's very—it—it—it's. It, One of the worst things I think you can get, and now they have found a way of some form to uh, get your cell phone, which is new ground that they're stepping into because it was bad enough that there was these ransomware viruses that would actually lock you out of your own computer. Well, now you want to be careful of this scam alert, okay? How does it work? You're using the internet on your smartphone, and suddenly the browser freezes, and a pop up appears saying, Warning iOS crash report due to a third party application. Your phone iOS crashed. And then the pop up will instruct you to call customer support. The number will be listed there, and they'll say, Immediately to get this issue fixed. So if you call the tech support number, the staff will offer to fix your phone. For a fee. Okay. Now reports. From people saying that they were scammed for about $60 on this. Uh, And this type of malware is. A string of ransomware. They freeze the device. And they prompt you. To pay money. To get it unlocked. Or fixed as they say. So. Excuse me. You may remember when we talked about ransomware on previous episodes of Tech Talk Live that we talked about how ransomware gets into your system and it encrypts every file in every drive and share and folder in your system. And God help you if you're on a network because it will infect all the shares. So, And then they would hold you ransom for several hundred to several thousand dollars to get your files decrypted again. So most smartphones don't really have a lot of files per se. So what this ransomware does is it infects the phone, locks it, drive in the browser to tell you that you have to call tech support, and tech support will fix it for you. And really what you're doing is you're calling the scammers and you're being held ransom for $60 or so to be able to unfreeze your phone and get access back to your phone. As I said, just another string of that nasty stuff called ransomware. So how can you protect your mobile phone from ransomware? Well, the National Cybersecurity Alliance offers some suggestions for keeping your mobile device clean of viruses and malware. Protect all devices connected to the Internet. Computers, smartphones, gaming systems like your Xbox tablets, and any other web-enabled device. They all need to be protected from viruses and malware. Download operating system, app, and security updates as they are available. And you should get notifications whether you're in Windows. you know Mac usually does it silently without you knowing it, um, or on your phone. So when you get notifications that something needs to be updated, you need to do that. There's reasons for that. Uh, Be cautious. Secure your phone and other devices with a password. Uh, Make sure you protect your privacy. Review privacy policies before you download a new app. We talked about that before because you never know what an app is doing on your phone. Most specifically, many of the third party flashlight apps out there. Why is it they need access to your microphone? Why is it they need access to so many things? You're a flashlight. All you're supposed to do is click on my flash bulb permanently while I have you in the arm position. You should not need access to 16 other functions of my phone. This is why I tell people that the flashlight that comes with your phone, whether it's an Android or an iOS, is adequate enough to be a flashlight. You don't have to have a flashlight app that has 16 different flashlight colors and sends out Morse and Well, maybe the latter is useful. But anyway, be savvy about Wi-Fi when you're online through an unsecured or unprotected network, you know, such as like a public one or you're at a hotel or whatever. Be cautious about the sites you visit and any information you release. Very importantly to note would be banking information. Uh, when in doubt, don't respond. Scammers may reach out by email, text, voicemail, or even social media posts. Be very cautious giving out personal information and never share account numbers. Remember, no matter who it is you have an account with, they're not going to text you and ask you to send a text of your important information so they can check on whatever it is that they're checking on. You to learn more about this and other scams, you can visit bbb.org. Slash forward slash that is scam. Uh, and for more about protecting your mobile devices, uh, take a look at Stay Safe Online. Uh, that is Stay Safe Online, and I want to give you that, uh, website. And of course, we'll have it on the blog, but it is staysafeonline.org, and it's actually powered by the National Cybersecurity Alliance, and it gives you tips and tricks on keeping your mobile phones and smartphones, of course, this. uh, I guess a smartphone is always a mobile phone, but not every mobile phone is a smartphone. Interesting. Just something I thought of when I said that. Uh, but this website will give you some tips and tricks on how to keep them safe. So there you have that. Mm. Um, also, we talked about the fact that the holidays were getting, getting closer, I think, a week or two ago. And we started talking about some of the scams that will start coming out. And they're here. I mean, you know, we're, we're, this is the eve of Thanksgiving. And on Thanksgiving, that is the eve of Black Friday, uh, unless you're in certain retailers and Black Friday starts tomorrow. And um, what that means is in about five years from now, Black Friday will start actually in August. But anyway, um, so we're there. We're not on a cusp anymore. We're here. And we're seeing uh, some extra traffic at work in the email system. You know, people trying to get in with their social engineering. And um, so you got to keep a sharp eye out for that. It only takes one person can potentially bring down an entire network, an entire company, by making one simple mistake. So you want to be vigilant about... Emails, emails, texts. I got an interesting thing yesterday. Um, uh, uh, My computer, my my technology consultant firm, okay, PC Tech Rescue. I'm sorry, I'm very thirsty, very parched. Um, Yesterday, our, our phone systems, for the most part, are Google phones. And that way they can be answered when we're not around and the messages that are left are uh, sent directly to the email. So we get it instantaneously, so to speak. And I, it's interesting thing I got yesterday uh, was a text from somebody and he says uh, he wanted to know if I fix laptops and he wanted me to pass his message through the manager and do I accept credit cards. A very strange text. And uh, I took the phone number that it came from, which was, uh, I think, in Massachusetts. And I ran that through Google. And I got back quite a few hits. And apparently this same guy's name uh, was, has been making uh, you know similar and basically tries to hit any kind of business establishment with some sort of very bad – it was very bad grammar. Okay, so here we go again. Uh, we talked about that before. And trying to – you know, um, uh, scam you somehow. Um, Luckily, doesn't sound like a lot of people have fallen for it. Uh, Some interesting stories, though, about how some people tried to say, well, you know, give us a call at the office, let's talk further. And he doesn't want to talk. He can't talk because he had a surgery that ruined his voice, and that's why he texts. And uh, it it was just funny to read some of the things that were going on. But, you know, uh, the first inkling I had was, it sounds fishy. And uh, that's really all it takes on your part. On your part, if you can say to yourself something doesn't seem right about this text, about this email, about this voicemail, then it probably is not. And that is another thing that has really grown exponentially lately is the amount of spam, scam phone calls attempted on cell phones. It's unbelievable. And we talked briefly about that about a week or two ago. Greetings. I mean, I must have cleared uh, over a dozen numbers or blocked from the wife's phone alone. Tony?
1: Yeah, know I was about to say greetings to you. You know, we I've started getting a lot more of them on my cell phone, and I'm actually wondering if maybe that's one of the reasons why some of the cell phone carriers have actually gone to a more of a Unlimited minutes type thing because the customers would just say, I'm not paying for this stuff.
0: I didn't think anybody was in a minutes. Uh, well, uh, there's
1: still some that, that, that are. have minutes I mean, plans? Yeah.
0: Yeah, they still have minute plans. For I thought they were far by the wayside.
1: At this yeah, point. And there's still a couple carriers out there that are doing it on the uh, limited usage, you know, for the the people that don't use their phone. You know, I mean, you know, it's a kind where, you know, the people say the phone is for me, not for you to call me, but for me to call people. So they, right, still, have right. the dollar, you know, they still have the bottom dollar, they still have the old cheapo plans, as as I like to call them, which, um, but now, I mean, I've, I've got a uh, couple of phone calls on my cell phone the other night, and a lot of these things that I'm getting now are these fully automated robocalls. Yeah. You know, where I had a call last night that came in and said, hi, this is Ted. Can you hear me okay? And I said, no. He said, okay, great. You know, he just kept going. just <laughs> hung up the phone. Wow. So, you know, you know, a lot of this stuff is voice recognition, but when you say no, it's like, oh, well, he's going to keep going anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and like I say, you know, fortunately, many of the uh, carriers give you the option to block these kinds of phone numbers, and you really only do yourself a favor by blocking them, and, and, and hopefully that other people do, too. Uh, of course, as we I've said before, it, it sometimes doesn't, it just ceases to amaze me, the amount of people that actually fall into these things, so, I don't know.
1: But it used to be with the carriers, you, know, you only block so many phone numbers, though, so. You know, mm. so I don't know
0: how that works either anymore, so. Um, just uh, taking a cruise around some other things in, uh, you know, technology security thing. Android Gmail app security hole uh, <laughs> basically lets you be anyone you want online. How about that? Um, <laughs> you know, Android, and they've come a long way, but a lot longer to go. Uh, So there's this bug which allows you to pose as anyone when you're sending an email through the Gmail application. And, uh, of course, Gmail has called this a non-issue despite the risk of exploit via phishing campaigns. So the bug uh, was found within the standard Gmail application for Android and needs only a few simple simple steps to implement its uh, feature, if you want to call it that. Uh, So... (laughs) Okay. Uh, in order to spoof your email address and masquerade as someone else when sending an email, you need only change your display name and account settings, which then hides your legitimate email address.
1: Oh, thanks for telling everybody. Yeah,
0: nothing. well, you know, we got to keep people abreast of what's going on. So, uh, but, uh, you know, Gmail is on the case, and uh, Gmail is going to warn users when they're about to receive emails from unencrypted sources in the coming months. And that's what's got security people a little upset is the, in the coming months. So what you're saying is, well, you know, we've identified this issue. And what are you going to do about it? You know, so it, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of weird. Um, I just got
1: notifications, notification speaking to Gmail. Uh, last night, I mean, I've been using my iPhone with my Gmail account for Gunner's kind of hell on now. And I right. finally, last night I got an alert from saying hi you checked your email from from a device we don't recognize I'm like god really I've only had the iPhone now for the last four months and now you're telling me you don't recognize the device
0: I've seen that once in a while sometimes I think that's some sort of goofy glitch I don't know
1: maybe they're boosting their security protocols I hope so
0: well everyone is and everyone has to and that brings us to my next blurb uh, Amazon now offers two-factor authentication uh, in, in in an effort to make your account more secure. And why not? I mean, strong password is a necessity on a lot of sites, um, but it's not bulletproof. I mean, it can still come under attack. It can still be hacked. But when you use two-factor authentication, if not more, I mean, I got some crazy authentication going on with my Facebook. I mean, if I... Basically, if a browser, if a computer is logged into that it doesn't recognize, um, I get, not only do I get a message about it, but my phone will get hit with um, a pop-up that gives a special code that you need to get any further. So it's, in, in my eyes, and obviously nothing is 100%, nothing is foolproof. I've said that time and time again about anything. But in my eyes, it makes the Facebook that much more protected after I had an issue a couple years ago. So websites that are starting to offer the two-factor or more uh, authentication process, I think, is doing a lot of good for their users and for their safety and security because it allows them to feel more secure, especially if they're using uh, services with Amazon like keeping your credit card on file because you're using something like Prime or you shop there a lot, you know. So um, it just ensures that you know, not only on the front end to you, the consumer, but on the back end, too, it, I imagine helps limit attacks to, to and breaches, one could hope. So if you choose to enable this new feature on Amazon, the process of logging in to Amazon will be a bit more cumbersome because you'll, either, you'll have to enter a security code that you'll either generate or receive on your phone depending on the option that you choose. However, at sign-in, you'll be able to remember a computer or a device, and Amazon will no longer require codes for that particular device. So this is very similar, if not the same algorithm, that they use at Facebook for their two-factor authentication. Very good. Uh, Anyway, so that's about Amazon, so... If you weren't already a fan of Amazon, shopping on Amazon, what a great reason to go do so. And I do. I shop a lot on Amazon. Well, I say a lot. That's a relative term. For the amount of shopping I do online, a lot of it is done at Amazon. How's that? Do you you know what that equates to, Tony? That means if I shop twice a year online, I'm shopping one of those times at Amazon. (laughs) Do you you have
1: the uh, Prime Now capability where you are? Is there a warehouse, like, up near where you are now on Amazon?
0: Well, actually, I'm about 13 miles from Amazon.
1: Well, the reason why I ask that is because there's a lot of, um, you know, the Amazon building more and more warehouses. They're offering this new thing for Amazon Prime members now called Amazon Prime Now.
0: Where they ship it to a a warehouse
1: near you? Uh, No, actually, where um, you can get stuff within, like, uh, one hour or two hours. Wow! And they're um, even doing like groceries, including including like uh, freezer items as well, like Ben and Jerry's ice cream and stuff like that as well.
0: Huh? Interesting. Interesting.
1: Um, but there's a whole separate app. That's that, that's the Prime Now app. You gotta.
0: Yeah, I know we have Prime. Account. I don't know about this Prime Now, but I'll look into it. I will look into it. Um going to
1: be enough in certain zip codes,
0: though. So. Uh-huh. So, um, okay. Apple's Siri can leak personal data. A new blog post from Trend Micro details how anyone can use voice recognition to gain entry to data on someone else's device, even those protected by a passcode. Uh, The blog says, once anyone has physical access to your device, they can use voice recognition to call out a number of commands, including those that give access to name numbers, calendar entries, and more. Uh, What's needed is vocal identity recognition or user authentication. The post said, Trend Micro recommended that iOS users be careful of who accesses their Siri-enabled devices and advise users to turn Siri off as needed. Apple informed the company that users could disable Siri on the lock screen. Do you have your uh, your phone handy there, uh, Tony? Yes, I do. Can you uh, put Siri where she can hear me?
1: Uh, probably. Let me take her off of Bluetooth mode here. All right. Uh,
0: or maybe you can ask her and just put her uh, up to the uh, microphone.
1: I could probably do that too. Uh,
0: I just want to know, I want to ask Siri if she is leaking. Your data. Having a little fun on the show, folks.
1: Siri, are you leaking my data?
0: Huh. Maybe she's oh, taking the leak. Oh,
1: she says, "I'm sorry, I can't answer that."
0: Ah. Uh-huh. See how? S- that's that's really sneaky. That's really sneaky. So she. So in other words, what you're saying, Tony, is that Siri is pleading the fifth when asked whether she is allowing people to steal your data. That's what it sounds like. She's taking the fifth. Siri must work for the State Department. But
1: anyway, Siri, do you work for the State Department? I didn't hear that. She said this is about you, not me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's really weird rooting the questions. Okay. So, Apple users, be aware that there is a potential issue with Siri leaking your data. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Uh, okay. You know, uh, and here's a blurb. Technology reaches, uh, whenever you have technology... You're going to have somebody who wants to put bad stuff in it. Right? Well, there you go. Uh, one of the world's most prolific computer worms has been found infecting several police body cameras that were sent to security researchers. According to a blog post published last week by security firm iPower, multiple police cams manufactured by Martel Electronics came pre installed with the Win32 Con- Conficker worm. Do you remember that one, Tony? Oh, yeah. That was a baddie. That was a baddie, baddie, baddie from about, I want to say, six or seven years ago. Uh, When one such camera was attached to a computer in the iPower lab, it immediately triggered the PC's antivirus program. And then when company researchers allowed the worm to infect the computer, the computer then attempted to spread the infection to other machines on the network. So... For those in the law enforcement field who may be listening tonight, this is something to keep an ear out for, you know. Again, their products made by Martell. Um and and, and and you know, here's the thing about that real quick that time. Yeah. The quick thing about that is is sometimes it's not infected. Sometimes companies, either knowingly or unknowingly, get into some sort of deal with another company to load their things in there. And what they don't know is the manufacturer doesn't know that they're actually putting malware into the mission, into the component. And that's why I say, knowingly or unknowingly, because sometimes maybe they do know, and the money's just too good to be... I mean, you know, the greediness. It's always the greedy factor. That's what it always comes down to, doesn't it? So, in this case, Martel Electronics, police, body cameras... Infected, pre-installed with the Win32 Conficker B, which was the nasty one. So you got to keep an eye out and watch for that. If you're in that, if you're a tech guy working for a police department that uses body cameras, find out who you bought them from, take a deeper look. Yeah, because you take them off and hook them up to a computer, I would imagine to pull the data in, whoo! You're in for a bigger ride than you anticipated. Oh, yeah. Not cool. So. Anyway, this is Tech Talk Live. You're listening to us live. And if you come back in a little while to QIBRadioNetwork.com, which is our website, we won't be live. We'll be in Memorax land. And you'll be able to download the podcast and share it with your friends. Share it with frenemies. That's even more fun. Uh, Four four three eight three six. 171 that's the phone number, 443-836-0171. Uh, you can also find us at Facebook. And on QIBradionetwork.com, there is a shop box for you to utilize. So do so if you'd like. you like. and drop us a line, give us a message, and we'll be glad to get that on the air, maybe even answer a question you have about tech. In the meantime, when we come back, we're going to spend a good portion of the second half talking about cloud computing so come on back at these messages why don't you right here on the qib radio clear. network tech talk will return after this short break so i use my computer every day i'm not even sure how i get along without it but i wasn't prepared for a virus a trojan they called it one night i'm cruising along and the next night i can't do anything i was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue. And you know what? My wallet likes them, too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Getting lost has never been more confusing than with the new Gary Busey GPS Audio Roadmap System. For only $12.95, you can easily download the Gary Busey voice feature and be on your way. Uh,
1: okay, Uh, at the next stoplight... Turn the wheel to the left. Left stands for living every day fully today. Buddy hop, I got no cordage. There's someone down there. Paper
0: clips. Install it in your existing devices, not only for directions, but also for plenty of choice Buseisms.
1: You know, before you make that right-hand turn, you better stay right with the Lord. The great spirit is always with your travels. I like jerky.
0: The new Gary Busey GPS Audio Roadmap System. Order yours today.
1: If you're lost, well, now you're found, partner. Flip, hot dog. Ho oh, ho, your car smells like gravy.
0: Hey, Grandma, turn up your urinate. It's fun, frolic, and mayhem. <laughs> it's the Behind the Mic Show with Joe Mahalik. Be there as he tries to answer some of life's most difficult questions. If you could be any kind of food,
1: what would it be?
0: Well, that's a little too weird. That's Sunday night, 8 p.m., right here on the Behind the Mic Radio Network. Assembly,
1: not required.
0: Hello, my name is Jeffrey, but people in this town call me Maniac. They call me that because I'm the fastest runner in town. But just because everyone knows who I am doesn't mean I belong. I don't really belong anywhere. You see, I'm an orphan, and I wander the streets just looking for a place that I can truly call home. My name is Maniac McGee, and I'm all alone. Explore new
1: worlds. Read my story in the novel Maniac McGee by Jerry Spinelli. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad
0: Council. Welcome back to Tech Talk Live. I am Joel Mahalik on the other side of the glasses, my producer and engineer, good friend Mr. Tony Richards, four four three eight three six zero one seven one. Uh we're also at Facebook.com. Look us up. Tech Talk Live for the moment. And in fact when you're listening to this in podcast form, I'll still say Tech Talk Live for the moment. And then you'll hear it on the podcast and, and and now I'm just doing a vicious loop. Uh dot com. That's where we are at on the web. That's where that's where we at that's where we are at on the web. And with a shot box there you can drop us a message anytime. Uh so they can also now, do an email you can't they? Uh yes they can. Uh tech talk at dot network.com. Uh, network announcement for you, uh, Sunday, December 20th, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern is our QIB Christmas Extravaganza, is basically our Christmas party on the air, and I will be changing my name to DJ Jingles, and I will be playing Christmas music for you for the first hour, so join me at 7 o'clock on December 20th. DJ Jingle
1: Balls? Oh my goodness.
0: And then the crazy, the Christmas craziness starts around 8 o'clock. So tune in, and if you miss this, of course, it'll be available for download after that. Mm. Ah. I'm drinking an awful lot over here. Don't worry, it's all non-alcoholic. Uh, okay. Cloud Computing. Um... <clears throat> is that what they thing. mean
1: when they're talking about we use smoke in the computer room?
0: Notice, I'm not answering that. <laughs> uh, cloud computing is also known as on-demand computing, and you'll be you'll be surprised. Some of you will be surprised to know that you are doing cloud computing. I mean, cloud computing basically means. The service does not reside on my computer. But I can get to it with an, with an internet connection. So when I say that, I'm talking about like one of the most elementary forms of cloud computing. Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail. Any web-based email service is a cloud email. It's a cloud computing. It's email as a service. There is no E-A-A-S right now, but I made that up. Because you have these different algorithms. You know, D-A-S, desktop as a service, infrastructure as a service, software as a service, S-A-A-S. We have a couple packages that are S-A-A-S, software as a service. Instead of having a major program for, say, our accounting residing on a computer, on a server, in-house, we've moved it to cloud computing. The vendor has taken control of everything and put it on a cloud, a computer, out there on the cloud, on the internet. And then all the users connect through a web browser. Just like when you connect to your mail, through a web browser. Does anyone use Google Drive? Dropbox? Box.com? These are all cloud computing. Those files really aren't on your computer. There might be a cached version of them or a you know, like a shadow copy of them, but when you have Dropbox on your computer and then you put it on your phone, you're really on a, a Dropbox server because you, the free account gives you free 2 gigs. Well, obviously it's not on your computer because you have all the gigs you can handle for free on your computer. It's on the cloud. And then your computer and your phone contact that cloud site, and they sync the data so they both have the same thing, depending on whether you're on your phone or on your computer. Basic cloud services. So many people are probably thinking, wow. Tony, I believe we have a couple phone lines that are, uh, are they PBX hybrids IP at the studio, or are they all POTS?
1: Uh, they're actually, um, one of them is a, uh, is a voice over IP. The other three here are all uh, POTS lines.
0: Okay. So we use a voice over IP line. And that is a, basically a cloud telephone service. What do you mean by POTS line? POTS line is a copper telephone line that comes into your house, delivered by the phone company through a series of copper and or fiber wiring funny because it
1: actually stands for plain old telephone service. Yeah, exactly. And that's not a joke, folks. It's no, a,
0: it's not. <laughs> that is the real definition of that. Of that um, um, I just had, I said the word a few minutes ago. So, if you have Vonage, you have cloud telephone service. Because... Your service is being delivered over an IP address. It's being delivered by Internet. And the information, the call information and all that resides on a cloud computer somewhere that you can connect to by a desktop app, a telephone, or your smartphone device. So now you start thinking, well... Look at all the things I'm connected to with the cloud, and that is the scary thing: is look at all the things that we are connected to, that are in the cloud. Take your typical iPhone. If you have an Android phone, you can you got uh, some storage on it, and then you put a storage card in it. You can store files. Look at an iOS. What can't we do with an iOS, Tony? We can't store documents. Right. We may have a sixty-four gigabyte, uh, sixty-four gig phone. But that's for storing applications and music and stuff like that. We can't store files, documents. We need to have a cloud service hooked up to it, whether that be uh, OneDrive by Microsoft, Box.com, Dropbox, Google Drive, Western Digital Cloud. It has to be some sort of cloud service to store documents.
1: On an Android phone, though, you do have, and this is what I never quite... I mean, I understand the security thing, I guess, with Apple. But, like, with Android, you could put a SIM card in your phone. Right. And you could
0: literally download... You you mean, like, an SD card?
1: Like an SD card, yeah. An SD card. And you could download stuff to the SD card and take it out. And, you know, or you could even if you had a card reader on your PC, you could directly put it into that and actually transfer stuff that way, Right. whereas Apple doesn't give you that option.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what I was comparing. Like, you and I have an iPhone, but we certainly can't store Excel documents on the phone itself. Like, I carry a lot of documents, Excel, Word, things like that with me on a phone, but I have to use Google Docs. I got to use Google Drive to store them Right. So, well, Apple has another the version
1: of the i. It's called iCloud.
0: Yeah, that's another uh, cloud service. Yeah, that. But that's another cloud situation. If you're using Google Drive or Dropbox because you have an iPhone and you got to store stuff you need, whether for work or personal, you got to put them on one of these optional drives. They're all cloud. It's all cloud. So now when you think about it, your, your, your typical day of technology, how much are you really in the cloud? Quite a bit. Quite a bit.
1: Now, I will say this for Apple, and I don't know if you've had the experience with this or not, but Apple maintains the reason why they do it is because it make things, makes things a lot easier when it comes to migrating from one phone to another and all that kind of stuff. And you back up your data... To the cloud, and you lose your phone, you haven't lost your data because it's still floating around out there on the cloud somewhere, and then all you had to do is buy a new phone, you sign into it, you put in your iCloud password, and all your and all your apps and all your other stuff comes back onto your new phone. Right. So, in that sense, I guess it's a win, but I would still not want to. Have some of my personal data floating around out there. I don't care how well it's password protected.
0: Right. Well I know there's a lot of people that have their hesitations about things being stored in the cloud. Yeah, you know, especially you older folk. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. Yeah, you know, I straddle the fence. I mean I get both sides of the argument, but I'm in technology and I have to go where technology goes, otherwise I have no business being there. Well, I mean, look at what happened,
1: what was it, about three or four years ago when Amazon's cloud services once a day maintained for how many other companies had that data breach? And Yeah,
0: because they do that desktop as a service at Amazon.
1: Right, and it wasn't just Amazon that, that had the problem. It was all the companies that they sell their data services to because their cloud got hacked, all those other companies got affected as well.
0: Right. So
1: that's something to that keep in mind, too, is that just because this company swears by their security protocols, if your data is out there, it is not on your CD-ROM or it's not on your DVD at home. It's out there, and it can be...
0: Um, Compromised. Right. So with cloud computing, uh, it's become a highly demand uh, service. And that's because of the advantages of high computing power, cheap cost of services because everybody gets in and the cloud, let's face it, storage on the cloud is cheap, high performance, scalability, accessibility, and availability. Now, here's a statistic for you. Vendors that sell cloud products like Google or whatever, they're experiencing 50% growth rate per annum. Wow. And that's because sort of everyone's kind of moving into the cloud. And if you don't, you're going to get left behind paying high rates to keep your conventional... What I call CapEx model. You have your CapEx and your OpEx, or OpEx. Yeah, basically, if you keep uh, all your services on your local complete computer, let's take it from a business standpoint. Servers. That's a CapEx, a capital expenditure. Lots of money. Cloud services allow you to convert high money into OpEx operating expenses subscription based pay monthly
1: well even there then like for example one of the <laughs> providers that we go through and a lot of people do it is GoDaddy and we had a monthly hosting account for one of our domains where I work going today. And it was just a static web page. It's been up there for probably about I don't know, fifteen years or something like that. Probably by now. And we were doing it on a monthly thing because my boss did, decided that he didn't want to. Um, and we had, um, mail, you know, email that we were paying. I forget, like a hundred and fifty dollars uh, a year for ten email addresses or something like that. But we. We send out price sheets now through email, and so we wound up with um, a limited number of cents per 24-hour period. So he said, how can we fix this? I called GoDaddy, and what they told me was now they offer a different kind of hosting plan that instead of paying the monthly $15 a month that we were paying, plus the stuff for the emails, where we only had like 10 email accounts, for 65 bucks, Right. they gave us a virtual server, so I can create as many email addresses as I want, I get my own hosting thing, mm-hmm. and I get unlimited sends on my email, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> so, you know, when you're, doing all this, and that's all in the cloud, but, you know, technology is just got, and it's a, it's a heck of a lot faster.
0: Right, right.
1: So, technology is, you know, going by leaps and bounds, you know, so that's why everybody's migrating to the cloud, and instead of having all these computers in their offices. You know, when you start talking about people... Doing this stuff, the cost per gigabyte or megabyte online becomes so infinitesimally small that the cost savings are just, you know, unbelievable.
0: Right, right. That is the cloud. That is the cloud. So. so, before you went into that, I sort of forgot where I was heading after that. But, um, it is, like I said, it, it, I think you'll find it amazing, um, as far as what you're probably using. As I said, there's so many things there is infrastructure as a service, okay, which is the basic model, um, virtual machines, basically. Mm. Um, and you have platform as a service that allows development environments on the cloud. So you don't have to worry about, you know, storing your those kinds of working environments. Software as a service, that's a biggie, okay? That's where you take something that maybe used to be on your computer or server and you move it to the cloud. You move that whole thing to the cloud and start accessing it through a web browser. You have desktop as a service, and that's where basically a company will keep one, they'll you design your desktop on the cloud and then what you do is you have that duplicated for all your users and it comes down to, you know, through like a Citrix server or something. So it's another neat thing that we looked at, but, um, you know, it's not to say we won't look at it again, but there's just all these things Mm. known as, as the cloud. And, you know, when you move out, when you, when you have things going on in the cloud, I mean, what, Think about your, go back to your Gmail. I mean, you know, who's maintaining that mail server? You're not, you don't have to do that. Gmail maintains that. They keep it up and running. They keep it maintained. They keep updates going. They scan the email for you. I mean, they're doing a lot of things for you. We moved my work, uh, my work company. We moved them from traditional, you know, pop mail, Outlook mail to Gmail for business. And all of a sudden, I don't have to deal with spam every day all day long. It's kind of taken care of for me. You know, so that was a very positive move we made as far as moving the email out there.
1: So you had a, so you were basically doing all your mail in-house before?
0: Not in my house, but, you know, our contractor had it on their oh, side. gotcha,
1: okay, yeah. gotcha. Right.
0: You know, and then, uh, I don't know what it is about Gmail, but they're like the industry standard on catching spam. And dealing with it. So.
1: They just got uh, the better kind of taste of cheese, I think, that's all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. So, um, but yeah, so that's a cloud in a nutshell. And now, after some discussion, maybe, maybe I dumbed it down for you. Maybe you're scratching your head saying the hell with this and shutting the radio off. I don't know. But a little insight, and you're probably realizing now how much you got going on in the cloud. Listen, if you have a smartphone and you do a lot of stuff on it, play games and whatnot, you're on the cloud. You're on the cloud. Oh, yeah. And uh, what's the scary thing about that? The scary thing is what happens when it all goes away. I I, I imagine, I don't like to imagine this, but I imagine that a lot of the younger generation that did not grow up before all this uh, may not even know how to live beyond 48 hours. I think they'll be jumping off of rooftops without their smartphones and their
1: cloud. You know, it's funny, but just look at, I mean, in the old days, you had to remember telephone numbers because, you know, you had them written down in phone books, actual phone books. Now, you say, Siri, what's, you know, who... You know, look up so and so. You know, you don't know how to relate back to a non-technical world if you're a young adult or younger. You just you, you just can't relate to it the way that we used to. I mean, granted, you know, when I grew up, when I was in grade school, you know, yeah, we had the pencils. You had to rest on your shoulders. They were so big. You know, and the lines were probably about a foot wide. But you know, now you don't even have to learn handwriting anymore. So you just point your mouse and click on the on your picture to sign into Windows. Right. If you have to click, you just sit Mm -hmm. down in front of the computer and says, "Hi, Joel, How are you?"
0: And how many people don't even know their own phone numbers because they don't need to know anymore? Yeah. Phone. I don't know know my house number right off the bat. I
1: I was was just going to ask you that. You've got fires, and I bet you don't even know the the phone number at the house.
0: Yeah, see? I know it starts with a 302. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, most of Delaware starts that way, so.
0: All of Delaware. Okay. All right, so speaking of Google... Yes. Go- Google uh, has added some Star Wars makeover capabilities to some of their services. You know, and some are, uh, you know, more noticeable than others. But you know, basically, if you want to dress up, if you if you are a Google user, Gmail, and whatnot, you want to dress it all up a little bit. You can have a little fun with it. So, uh, you know, Star Wars: The Force Awakens coming out next month, in just uh, you know, a little little more than two weeks, I think. Um, Lucasfilm and Disney built a new tool that lets you theme out apps including Gmail, YouTube, Google Maps, Chrome, and many more with either the light side or dark side based on your personal preference. The changes once they take place will appear across your devices including an iPhone, iPad, Android, Mac, Windows, and Chromebook except for expect for Chrome, Gmail, and YouTube which will only work on the desktop. So, effectively, a brand advertisement sorts for the highly anticipated new film. Google says that the idea came about from a number of Star Wars fans at the company who wanted to work on a Google tribute to Episode 7 as soon as they heard about the movie. So, there you have it. It's not just backgrounds and themes. Your Google Calendar will fill with Star Wars-related events, for instance. Google Maps, the Pegman... The street-level pegman becomes a first-order stormtrooper, or a resistance pilot, and flies to your destination in either a tie fighter or X-wing. C-3PO can offer you, you voice guidance in, map in, in the mapping app. Ways where R2D2 and BB-8 and will also be featured. Elsewhere, standard loading or seeking bars, like those found in YouTube and Gmail, turn into lightsabers. And even Google's virtual assistant, Google Now, gets filled with this day in Star Wars history trivia. So, uh, more stuff's on the way. Keep an eye out for that, if you would. And uh, may the Force awaken on your smart device. Ooh. And uh, Tony sent me that over. But I did see that, I think, on TV this morning when I was half awake. <laughs> so, <clears throat> there you have it. Have you tried it, Tony? Are you uh, that no. into Star Wars? No.
1: No. I mean, you're, I know we're both into the more the Star Trek side, but... Um,
0: yeah, and how come nobody's doing that, damn it?
1: I don't know, I, you know, but I just thought that for the people that, you know, that are, you know, more of a Star Wars type of fan, they might be uh, interested in that as well. Right. But- that is pretty cool, though. You know, like, oh, no, R2, we're lost. You know, I said, well, that's what you get for using the built-in maps. you know, <laughs> app. So I guess on, you, you know, watch the video. On the iPhone. No, but, you know, I, I, I just read through the article. <laughs> but uh, and that's why you use Waze, people, because Waze does it the smart way. So,
0: Have you used that?
1: What, Ways? Waze. Yeah, yeah. I have to now with Uber because of the fact that most of the Uber drivers use the, um, They have a driver app that has a built-in GPS, and the driver app for Uber does not find, track road closures or detours or anything like that, and especially coming through my neighborhood where they've got on this road construction. I've got, um... In the morning, going to my office, a lot of the drivers are like in the townhomes that are like three minutes away from my from my home if the road was open, but it's not, so they're like about 10 minutes away, and they're like, oh, cool, I'm three minutes away. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, I I, I, I got GPS. I'm, I'm good. I'm like, no, you're not. And... Yeah, and then they, then they say, they'll watch, you know, I say, okay, when you call me and tell me you can't come through because the road's closed, I don't want to hear me say, I, I told you so. Right. So, after about three years of riding Uber and sending constant emails to customer service, Uber has finally updated their app to allow uh, the drivers to use either Google Maps or Waze as alternatives to the uh, built-in GPS and it's, Goddamn pine people. <laughs> <laughs> and they still don't do it. So, you know, it's like, oh, I no, don't, I don't want to load another app on my phone. It'll crash the Uber app. And I'm like, oh, whatever. You know. Right. So, uh, but no, it's so. Uh, but if anybody's listening that does use Uber and they get frustrated because the GPS lady doesn't tell you where to go, suggest that, uh, you know, and with ways. The drivers even get reward points for using it, so. And it helps other drivers on the road, too. It's all real time, so. Um, I don't know if you use it or not. Do you use it, Joel? What? Ways? No. You should. You should check it out. It's actually pretty cool.
0: I am going to check it out.
1: Yeah, I've
0: heard I, that before. So. I, I, no, I, I promise you I will check it out. Second Tuesday of next week, Tony
1: yeah right exactly on on, <laughs> on uh, major update day is, uh, what is
0: <laughs> oh man <laughs> anyway so folks here's the thing uh, we're on the eve of uh, black friday and black friday shopping and things like that and then what comes after that cyber monday yes. so remember stay vigilant okay when you're out and about be safe you see something say something uh, you're out at night go in groups when you're shopping online, be secure. If a website offers you, um, you know, double and triple, uh, you know, authentication versions of getting into their websites, do it. Take the extra time to do it and keep your data safe. Keep your personal information safe. Do not respond to people that ask for personal information and account information by text or email or fax. Be very wary of that stuff. This is all for your own good, and I implore you. I implore you to stay safe while you're out there shopping. See and also,
1: be careful, too, with UPS and some of the other drivers. Make sure you track your packages because with the holiday season's coming up, this is the ideal time that people will be trying to steal your packages and your Christmas gifts. We don't want to see that happen to you either. So if you see something that doesn't look right, report it, tweet it to UPS, and let them know. And if you can tweet a picture of it too.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's another yeah, important thing about UPS. I mean, yeah, they're already backed up and their service, as I've said on other shows, is getting crappier and crappier and crappier. So (laughs) anyway. Um so I wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And be very safe out there. Be safe shopping online and out in the streets. Happy computing, everybody. Have a great holiday weekend. Be safe. We're going to catch you again next week, Wednesday night, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern. Tech Talk Live. Good night, folks. facing with tech talk a weekly presentation of the qyb radio network to contact the show send us email at techtalk@qybradioNetwork.com. at Network.com. see you next week